Hello and welcome back to the Two Average Brothers podcast. And the Kenobi show is wrapped up, and I'm here with my bro, Cigar City seventy seven, and the guy who's nope. been here more than him, Mean Monger. That's not completely true. But I'll let him talk. So, guys, initial thoughts on the finale? I could do, I could do less Riva, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I was completely drawn out of her side plot after the last episode where they contradicted Vader in the canon, but whatever. So You need to let that go. You need to let the canon go. That's why you like Mandalorian. You're too you're you're too focused. Like you let it go. Let let the story breathe a little uh, bit sorry, out, out I, of canon. I, I like consistency and consistency. stuff. Consistency never let the canon go. The canon is canon. Let it breathe a little bit. Give them room to work and add other things. But if there's something that's canon breaking, that's a problem. Yeah, because Vader kills anyone who knows he's Anakin. And she should have died during Order 66. She should have died when Vader stabbed her. She should have died after Kenobi got away from Fortress Inquisitorius. Like, Vader was way too lenient on Reva. And it didn't make sense given Vader's character to me. Well, before we get into the weeds here with specifics... Uh, if for my general thoughts, I feel like the two of you are going to be uh, at odds with me on this one because I felt like this episode was really as perfect of a conclusion as it could have been with the constraints of a six-episode series. Um, you you know, Reva's a character, whether everybody likes it or not, and they had to have her in this episode and kind of conclude it. So I yeah. didn't have a problem with her, with them giving attention to her story. The only thing that I found unfortunate is, like I said, it's a six-episode series. You know, we all as an audience have the benefit of having that background and context for Anakin and Obi-Wan that exists through all of the other movies. So we understand their relationship and all of the complex emotions. But Reva's a new character, and they try to give her all of the same depth and story but they only had six episodes of a television show yeah. to do it. So I'm, not- I'm trying to give them a little bit of leeway with her character because it wasn't really super clear all the time. I don't think they really stuck the landing completely. But considering what they had to work with, I think they did a good enough job. All right. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying Reva breaks the show, breaks the finale. I thought the finale was great. I liked a lot of stuff of it, and then we'll dive into it. But just overall, every time she popped up on screen, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, that was just my my reaction to seeing her on screen. It didn't ruin the show for me. It was, I I think the show, absolutely fantastic all around. Everything they have to work with, dude, awesome show. Yeah, and like I said, like, it it didn't break the story or anything for me. It just kind of ruined her arc because it went... It went against too much of what I already know in Star Wars lore, and then I was just like, we could have had more time with the Grand Inquisitor, Vader, flashbacks with Anakin and Obi Wan. It just well, go read that book, McKay. It just so detracted from cooler Star stuff. Wars nerd to yeah, listen. No, I get what you're saying, and I mentioned uh, in the last one, and I may have to reiterate this, Cigar City, because you weren't there, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, dude. <laughs> Damn. Hey God, hey God, hey God. I'm gonna insert a noob, I, noob. Damn. I listened to the podcast just because I wasn't there. You know, I still listened oh, to it. Okay, great. You you saw my comments. You know I listened. I got so caught up in the burn, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't here last week. Oh, right. Um, we were talking about Reva, and yes, okay, sorry, I just my, caught up to my train of thought. Um, so one thing that I sort of 
wished for this episode when we had our last discussion was I hope they go into a little bit more detail about what happened to her that she survived getting stabbed by Anakin Skywalker slash yeah. Darth Vader twice. And that was twice. my biggest thing that was missing from this episode. Yeah. So, I loved this episode. I thought it was a great conclusion to the series, but like they didn't really explain why she got why she survived being stabbed as a youngling. Yeah, and then that leads us perfectly into the, how the episode started. Reva teleports to Tatooine to hunt down Luke. And remember that guy from the first episode? She ended up... I, I think she... Yeah, she just force-pushed his drink out of the way. And then she's hunting for Owen Lars because she wants to track down Luke and kill Luke. And then yeah. from there, we have Obi-Wan on the ship with the Rebels. And yada yada, he takes like one of those other ships that had a hyperdrive, but not the ship that they were on. And then he goes to the planet and... That's where the really great part of the episode came in was the Obi Wan Vader duel. So, right, where do you guys want to start with that? I mean, opening up at least it makes sense. I like that the ship didn't just leave after uh, the last episode because, yeah, of course, there's still a star destroyer in space. So, I love the gratuitous star destroyer in space shots. I'm glad they also gave us a little bit of that. Yeah, and the. The Vader Obi Wan duel, that was so cool. I I love when he's like, "I will do what I must." You get a call back to the line in Episode Three, then you will die. Then Obi Wan takes his Form Three stance, and the fight kind of just right. kicks off from there. You know, it was great. Did any of you guys play the um the Star Wars fighting game? Which one? Uh, PS Two generation, I think. I can't remember the name, but uh, when Darth Vader and Obi Wan meet, it's the same dialogue. Mm-hmm. I will do what I must. Oh, is that the Episode Three tie-in game? I think so. Yeah. It was, a, it was like, oh man, they call him back to the games too? McKay's going to have such a nerd boner. Oh, definitely. I I, I definitely <laughs> did, did with this fight. Too, you know, McKay's referencing that movie, and, and there was a couple yeah. of callbacks to different movies in that fight. Yeah, and I like when they were fighting, they had some of the same choreography from the flashback scene, like when they were back to back. And one small detail that I really liked was Obi Wan had a few reverse grips. And yeah, you don't really see yeah. that a lot, like outside of Ahsoka and Star Killer, is the reverse grip. They're really getting creative with the uh, choreography, and I loved the restraint, but also like how good it looked. You know, because I feel like yeah. you know, obviously the ones from the original trilogy were very stylistically simple duels, and the prequels were very stylistically busy and a fancy. lot of choreography. And I feel like this fight really bridged the gap between the prequel style of saber fighting and the original trilogy style of saber fighting, which is very appropriate for the series. Yeah. I think we all have, I think we all share, I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to you guys yet, but I think we all share the same. What was the best part of that scene of that fight was when you had the two vocals from Anakin and Darth. Oh, let's, not, let's, not, let's not get there yet. Let's not get there yet. What do you mean? What am I? What am I? Jumping the gun? Yeah, because I wanted yes. to go through some of like with them throwing the force rocks at each other and everything. Well, put up the notes. I get excited. Well, it's 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 the Two Average Brothers podcast, so you're asking for too much. <laughs> but yeah, that like Obi Wan, I like how he kind of struggled to throw that rock, and Vader just catches it. He's like, really? Flicks it back at him, and everything. And before he got to that part you were talking about, he put him, like, he buried him alive, and Vader should have said, I have the high ground. Like, come on. 
Did anyone else want to hear that? I'm not sure whether I would have liked that or whether I would have rolled my eyes at that. I would have liked it. It was implied, but like, yeah, I don't know. Some of those lines, like, I'm really torn on how I feel. Like, that was an obvious opportunity to go there. And Vader is petty and dramatic. So it totally would have fit if he had said that. Yeah. But also, I was like, I don't know. I kind of like that he was still just caught up in the moment and, like, buried him with rocks. Because Vader, although he's petty and dramatic, he's also just like rage personified so of course he's just gonna go for like some ridiculous attack but yeah i think i don't know i don't know if i would have liked that or not yeah that was just where my mind naturally went oh i think anybody who's vaguely familiar with you know yeah the the series saw that and and got a little bit giddy at the thought of like oh he's got the high ground (laughs) oh i thought i thought i was for sure gonna say it i was like oh yeah this this is the next line then when Obi-Wan breaks out, he just went absolute beast mode. Like, he get more saber clashing. He just lifts all the rocks and does, like, a Jesus pose and just starts shooting them all out of Vader, taking him down. And I love when he starts hitting his chest piece with the end of his lightsaber hilt. His breathing apparatus makes that wheezing noise that it did at the end of Episode 6. Yeah, the same noise. What I really like about Obi-Wan sort of finding his strength again is because throughout this show, we've mentioned how strong of a Jedi he is and how disconnected he seems with the Force. But it's really interesting how he's almost going a little rogue because he is a Jedi that has 100% gone along with the teachings of the Council and the Jedi way. And you get the impression that his strength wasn't just him reconnecting with the Force. It was also him tapping into his emotions. You know, he saw Leia, he saw Luke, and he used those emotions to find strength, which is, you know, not really the kind of gospel he was preaching as a Jedi, a sitting council member on the Jedi, you know, council. So it's interesting to see him also go in his own direction, much like Qui-Gon was like as a Jedi. So I love that they're bringing his character now that he's getting older and in a different situation a little bit closer to some of the teachings of Qui-Gon. Yeah, kind of more like a Grey Jedi type role. Exactly, because you remember, you know, in the prequel trilogy when during the Jedi's heyday, you know, Master Yoda would tell Anakin, you know, be careful of dreams or sensing the future, lose your attachments, don't, you know, say be prepared to say goodbye to the ones you love. But what was Qui-Gon always telling Obi-Wan? Qui-Gon said, be mindful of your feelings. Like, he was the Jedi that kind of embraced his feelings and um, I thought it was very fitting that Obi-Wan kind of embraced his feelings to find that strength. Yeah. And now, Karen, to the part you were saying, Obi-Wan oh, jumps and leaps, awesome. cuts Vader's mask. And one thing that was cool, so like that part of his head that's showing when Vader has his helmet off in the end of episode six, that shows how he got that scar. And Well, I've seen that before, but re- really they showed that earlier. If you look back at yeah. Return of... That's what a lot of people were saying. Space. Yeah, like he gets that he gets that scar in their initial fight when he gets burned by the lava because yeah. when he's first suiting up as Darth Vader in episode three, that, that that wound is there. Yeah. And then do you want to take it over for this part, Kiernan? Which part is that? I don't want to jump the gun. Uh, I don't no, have you, my notes. you can go on the gun. What? We're going chronologically, Kiernan. Yeah. Chron- well, then we would have did you want uh, hold on. Go on, did you watch episode four first when you were revisiting all the Star Wars fatty? What? What are you talking Did you watch about? episode about? If you <laughs> what went are you chronologically, talking about? In the context of this episode, we are going chronologically yeah. of yeah. the events of this episode. Yeah, but I'm going way off base right now. I'm going all the way out left. 
Well, actually, this is a good point because Paige thanked me for this viewing order because I went with uh, we Paige and I rewatched the movies and I ended up going with the machete or, uh, machete order. So we watched um, a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, then Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and then we finished with Return of the Jedi, and that brought us into actually a really good place for this finale. I believe you. I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, to hear both vocals was uh, was bone chilling. It was yeah, absolutely. It was very artistic, very well done, and and they got that from Rebels. Nice. Yeah, but man, that, everything, yeah. every like so many goosebumps. All of the everything stopped yeah. in my body. Like when you could hear his voice and like the Vader and like the mask was failing, so his voice was kind of cutting in and out. And you can hear yeah. a little bit of Anakin, a little bit of Vader, yeah. and sometimes he had the blue light hue, and sometimes he was the red light hue, and, and switching between those was just that was it, that it, was incredible. great. Yeah. It was it was it was chilling, and then he smiles and he's like. You didn't kill Anakin, and then you get the smirk, and he says, "I did." And yeah, watching Obi Wan apologize and just start crying—like, how can you not get emotional at that? He just oh, that tells Anakin, "I'm sorry for everything." Yeah, that completely broke me. I mean, he's he's very determined, and you see, he's getting the upper hand, and he is just walloping Darth Vader at this point. Yeah, but as soon as he can see a little bit of Anakin. The, those walls come down and you see all of the emotion come and he breaks down and the only thing he can think to do is apologize and i'm like all right don't cry man like yeah you know, <laughs> it was, that was rough that it, was rough that was a very powerful scene it, it was very chilling it, it really was and yeah that's kind of where that ended after that obi-wan well, left i think another significant point um is, is not just where it ended. You know, he calls him Anakin. He apologizes to and Anakin. And then calls him Darth. Says, yeah. yeah, exactly. When he says, no, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. Um, Obi-Wan accepts that he's lost Anakin forever and says, all right, and calls him Darth and walks away. So that's a big moment of him accepting the current state of, like, I can't save Anakin. Yeah. Then after that, right. we go back to the B story, the Reva show, and I was... I wasn't into it. It's like obviously well, we're Luke. talking about Reva too much. I want to give credit to um, Owen and Baru. I yeah. mean, yeah, they did a good job. Let's, let's go. Let's defend <laughs> yeah. that song. Yeah. Well, they they couldn't defend it in A New Hope from Boba Fett. Well, I actually saw somebody comment about this, and it's interesting because you see that you know the stormtroopers come for the droids in A New Hope, and when Luke gets back to the homestead, it's completely blown to hell. Uh, Owen and Baru are just flaming skeletons at that point, which is pretty brutal. Yeah. And you have to think, now that we've seen this scene in the Obi-Wan finale, you have to think, when the stormtroopers showed up, Owen and Baru probably put up a fight, and that's why it got so ugly on the homestead. So, I'm still team Owen and Baru. Yeah. But yeah, I, I felt like um, after that, I felt like, okay, Owen can protect Luke. He's a badass. Yeah, yeah, and no, Baru, obviously, yeah. Owen has a quite a bit of a backbone. He stood up to just about everyone. I feel like if you're going to be in in Tatooine like that, especially sort of isolated in the Dune Sea on your own farm, you've got to be a badass. Like that's yeah. got to be a tough environment to come up in. Yeah, yeah, and uh, going back to the Reva chasing Luke, I, I was just so taken out of it honestly like i i, I didn't really care because like you knew how that was gonna end 
And I, I just wasn't invested in Reva's character enough because of, I thought like she I stated earlier. Obviously, this is a new character to the show. So, like, I went into the show thinking that, like, she would die. Maybe she'd get a redemption and then she'd die and it would be sad or whatever. But I was actually genuinely surprised with where they took her. Where did they take her again? <laughs> I know she, she came up, um, kneeled down with Luke, put Luke on the ground because she saw herself in Luke. You know, if I kill Luke, that's like, Baby killing yeah. me. It was just, that whole. It was just such a bland story and predictable. It's just, I, I don't I, know about. I don't know about bland. I I just didn't see what it added. It, it did it not. Was, it did not click for me. And if you enjoyed you it, know, then good for you. It's just I like I was so you know, like taken out making, of it after episode five. You know, like when you're making a recipe and they just kept making a recipe. They kept putting cliche stuff in her storyline. It's just like. You know, we'll hit him. He'll hit him with another cliche. She's like, ah, I just, but I just saw the storyline going like that. Yeah, here's here's my defense of this storyline. And again, I there's definitely valid criticism there. I think they tried to do too much with her in too little time, and they should have streamlined it and focused on a few things instead of trying to get too complicated with it. But here's my defense of her storyline, and here's where I think the writers were trying to go and okay. maybe didn't come across as well. I feel like throughout the Obi-Wan series, she has been very passionate. She has been very single-minded. She has been very angry. She has been focused on revenge. Does that sound like any other character in Star Wars right now? I mean, she is the parallel to Anakin. Uh, right. She has a similar story where... She was being raised as a Jedi. Something happened. She allowed anger and revenge to invade uh, her training, um, turn to the dark side. But where their parallels are, and these are the same reasons that people didn't like Hayden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin in the prequels, I feel like are kind of similar to Reva. Now, we have a lot of other writing things to, to talk about, but like I feel like she was going a similar path to Anakin but saw it because she hates Anakin so much and realized what was happening and where Anakin at this point is irredeemable and he is Darth Vader and he is too far gone and he is down that path. Reva was going down the same path, but she was redeemable and was able to see what was going on and chose to act against the revenge and the hate. And we don't necessarily know where she's going to go from here, but I thought it was a fitting conclusion to have Obi-Wan leave that confrontation with Darth Vader, understanding that he's Darth Vader, Anakin is gone, and that he's not able to save Anakin. Anakin is irredeemable. And then going to Tatooine, finding Reva, and where he failed to bring Anakin back, he was able to save Reva. I saw, I saw all that. I felt all that. I understood it, you know. I just, I just don't know why I struggled so much to to care about her character. I don't know why. Like it, all the pieces were there. I don't know why I didn't get invested. Yeah, not that they did a bad. After defending it, you know, they didn't quite get there cleanly. They didn't really nail the landing with her story. Again, I feel like if if they were acting like they had more time and more attention, and they were trying to make us feel for her in the same way that we felt for Anakin, but we've had. I mean, how many years? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That those emotions, and we just never got that with Riva, and they didn't. They didn't pivot to allow that story to come to a full arc within six episodes. Yeah, relationships so where they were going, but it it was kind of messy and done. Relationships are built over time, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the episode wraps up after that. Luke's safe. 
Obi-Wan goes back to Alderaan to say bye to Leia, and then he goes back to Tatooine, and he says hello there to Luke. Took us six episodes for hello there. I, I know, I, come on. Then, <laughs> then after I that, know. after my, that... My, like the Imperial March, where they... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Go ahead, go ahead. And it was very powerful when they did use it. I feel like they sat on the hello there until it was really necessary. And we talked about it earlier where I thought it would have been cheesy if they had used the hello there in earlier episodes. But I feel like we earned it in this episode. And I loved when they used it in this episode. So I thought yeah. that was important. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Vader back at his castle. And we had Ian McDermott cameo as Palpatine. But he was made up to look like Palpatine from Return of the Jedi, not Palpatine from the prequels. And I thought that was very well done. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool getting to see him and. You kind of get the sense that Obi-Wan still kind of brings out the light in Vader a little bit, and that's why he couldn't defeat him. And I don't think Obi-Wan had it within himself to kill Anakin, no matter how far gone he was. Yeah, I think Obi-Wan realized, you know, part of part of the reason that he was able to leave, you know, is I think Obi-Wan realized that, like, he, for his own benefit, he didn't need to kill Anakin. He needed to. He needed closure with Anakin. He needed that apology. He needed to confront Anakin, but not necessarily to kill him. Yeah. Then at the end of the episode, we finally get to see someone we've been waiting to see for a very long oh, yeah, time. Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon Jinn returned as a Force ghost. And they really waited till the last minute for that one. They <laughs> yeah, did. I thought he was going to come in clutch in another moment of the series. He actually showed up in the Shadow of Mortisark on Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and uh, well, you're nerd boner out of here, right? It's, well, I, I could go I, on about how Qui Gon's technically not a Force ghost because he didn't finish transcending into the Force, but I won't because I'm happy because I got to see Liam Neeson as Qui Gon. Also, fine. this is safe. It's, we're, we're talking about Star Wars. Yeah, you can't call <laughs> nerds here. Like. Yeah, I know. It's just. Like going into the Clone Wars comics, and I've been reading some Vader comics right now. It's just that's why, like, I kind of like I am critical in the sense is because like I'm very passionate and like learning the lore and more about the characters. Yeah, but if we can go back to Alderaan for a minute, I did really enjoy those scenes. That was a little bit of another emotional moment where he talks to Leia about her parents, and also we're starting to see like cool Rebel Leia. And this little girl throughout the series has just done an incredible job, by the way. So just kudos to, I probably should have looked up her name before we started talking, but kudos to that young actress because uh, little Leia was just fantastic throughout. And those scenes at the end where they kind of bring her story to that final area uh, conclusion and Obi-Wan is like, hey, by the way, be careful if you do need me to help, you know, people don't need to know about us is, is nice that they added that scene in there and um just showing that relationship but i i did really like also seeing leia start to show some of those rebel characteristics yeah so that's uh that's yeah. all the episodes so guys six episode mini arc where are you where are you sitting on it how do you feel about the show when it's all said and done anyone yeah i was like i was gonna let Kieran go but i guess i'll i'll, I'll answer that I one I can be calm, Fatty. Well, no, I'm not saying you're not calm. I was just allowing you to get the first. I was just allowing you to get your answer in first. But if or you, you, you or were you, or were you expecting it? I think oh. he was probably. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I, I would like to see more of the red hot chili peppers in there. You know, I, I guess my fan theory is Flea didn't die. 
he faked it. He pretended to be dead, and he's just going to start a galactic uh, bass playing career. No, that would just be cheap. I think. <laughs> okay, really- I was making a joke. Oh, I'm I'm continuing the joke, but oh, okay, okay, okay. You gotta give so, me a second. Uh, I'm working up to something here. Oh, <laughs> let, let's get back to it. I think it would cheapen it if he was dead. What we do need to see is uh, Flea's brother finds out about his death and roams the galaxy looking for revenge, and it's Anthony Kiedis, and his partner is. Raptor Bounty Hunter. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, that I would okay. watch that. We need a spin-off show right now. <laughs> so, all right guys, uh back to the question. All right, Karen and go ahead. What are your closing thoughts on the series? I'm still jumping the gun over Fatty. This is exactly what I was expecting, so I'll let Fatty yeah. answer first. Okay, right. Fatty I'll thoughts. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously no series is a perfect series. But I put this right up there with Mandalorian as just an incredible entry into Star Wars. I really loved um, this series. Even the episodes that were I wasn't really crazy about, I still really enjoyed. And um, for me, the way they wrap things up, I really loved. And that, that finale, that duel between Obi-Wan and vader was it was just incredible it's everything that i want in a star wars duel yeah and if i can take a very long time to answer this question you know my my sort of controversial star wars opinion that i have talked to a lot of people about and nobody seems to agree with me is my (laughs) favorite lightsaber duel in star wars is luke skywalker and darth vader at the end of return of the jedi because in my opinion in star wars lightsaber duels the lightsaber dueling should be secondary to the story and in my opinion, that duel at the end of Return of the Jedi has so much emotion, so much story. How that lightsaber fight goes from beginning to end mirrors those three movies and tells the story of those movies just in the action and advances the story. Part of my problem with most of the lightsaber duels in the prequels are that it seems like those duels kind of pause the story. So we get a little bit of story, we get action, the movie goes to a particular place, then we have a lightsaber duel. And then at the end of the lightsaber duel, the story continues. It doesn't feel as much like those ones continued the story. So I loved this series for giving us probably one of my new favorite uh, lightsaber duels of all time. It's right up there with, you know, Luke, Darth Vader, in my opinion, because it absolutely told the story of the Obi-Wan series and had all of those emotions and the action was great, all packed into that one duel. So it's hard coming off of the high of that episode to rank this show as anything but excellent. All right, Kiernan, go yeah. ahead. Um, yeah, he's not he's not wrong in what uh, what he said. I like that the show. I like that the show has less lazy writing because other shows uh, I watch, it's just what. I'm not I, saying I, I harped on a little bit of the writing. <laughs> I did harp on some of the writing. Well, yeah, but. Overall, you go watch other shows like it's just like it's like real lazy writing. Like they 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 write themselves in a hole. They to, I get it, you know. But this this show had less of that. Yeah. I, I, would you disagree? The only thing I'd say about the series is I liked it. I I liked it. I didn't love it because like every episode, oh, I loved it. Every I, episode, I think, I think I think if you don't love it, you're you're hung up on something that you read in a comic book, and you should 
you know, put that. No, like I definitely enjoyed it for what we had, but it felt like most episodes, like I enjoyed it, but there was like one moment I took away, and it was mostly well, around well, Obi Wan. What Raider. else do you want this year, McKay? You got your Halo show finally. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Uh, but yeah, no, I I did like the show from start to finish, but there was it missed some marks in some areas for me, and I'm gonna say it was <laughs> an excellent show. I'm gonna say it was an excellent show. It wasn't. It wasn't as good as Mandalorian, but Mandalorian was a surprise. Yeah, I, well, um, Mandalorian just became a thing of its own, like a cultural movement that saved but, Star Wars yeah. after Ryan Johnson. Right, but you know, this is it, this show was better than the Book of Boba Fett because yeah. I don't know where they. I don't know where in the Star Wars universe they found those scooters, but they got to throw them away. Oh my god! Yeah, you have like a street gang from the 40s <laughs> no from no you guys a street gang from like a, a rave club in fort lauderdale oh god but yeah no yeah i did like the obi-wan series but there's some stuff i would have liked to see a little more and i thought they focused too much on reva then like i said after episode five her backstory just kind of made me mad because it's like this isn't how vader would have handled it and, I, wish, uh, I wish the series had been longer, you know, like, I wish they had had more time because they were clearly going somewhere with that. But I feel like a lot of the problems um, with her character might have been able to be fleshed out over a longer period. But I just yeah. I feel like they got they bought they boxed themselves into a corner a little bit and uh, weren't able to get out of it in six episodes. Right. And yeah. McKay, like, I don't know, I just it, Reva's character is like, all right, I'm just going to wait for the good part now. Like, I just waited for her thing to get done on screen. And yeah. not that it was bad, not that it was good. It was, it, I don't know. It's just, it didn't spark anything in me. Yeah, because it when wasn't, it wasn't when bad. Obi-Wan and Vader are going at it. Then we cut to Reva. And I was just like, man, like, this B story is just not going to really I'm like, do anything. He has anything two voices. He has two voices. Let's keep no, no, with no, that, yeah, that yeah, was cool. Like I, the whole time I kept cutting to Reva from their fight. I was like, dude, I really don't want to see this right now. Like I want to, like, no, that was not the time. No, I want to go back to that planet. Give me more of that planet. Yeah. yeah that, like, the opening scene when Vader's walking at that planet, it's just, it, what a great shot. Oh yeah. yeah. And in the last series, um, I love practically lit lightsabers in yeah. dark environments. Give me more of that. And then <laughs> I will say, I, I love how they treated Darth Vader, though. They made him menacing, powerful, the huge emotional payoff at the end of the finale. Like, they they did Vader a lot of justice. And oh, kinda, absolutely. I they, 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 more. And they, they didn't take anything off of it either. Like, even when he's essentially defeated, you know, and Obi-Wan is looking at him, I mean, he is still terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's just something about, like, the split mask where you're seeing, you know, part man, part machine. And, like, I feel like when you see that, you're just reminded, like, this isn't a robot. Like, there's a human behind that. And it kind of just strikes another chord when you see part of his face. Yeah, and then you have that compared to, the, you know, at the end when he walks away and, you know, he screams yeah. for Obi-Wan. And it's this just mechanical, inhuman scream that yeah. really drives home what vader is at this point and yeah. then you tie that directly into uh the original trilogy and you know obi-wan is talking to luke about vader and 
you get that line. Well, he's more machine than man now. Mm-hmm. And now when you think back to if this is the last time that they met, and that's the last impression that Obi-Wan has of Vader, like to hear that mechanical inhuman scream and then connect it to that line is just mm-hmm. incredible. It's great. And they kind of, oh. they did that scene in Rebels too. Ahsoka fought Vader. And then they did like the same thing where you see part of his face. It cuts between uh, Anakin and then back to Darth Vader. And like, yeah, that was just uh, really powerful there too. And it yeah. was it was cool to see see it be brought to live action. And it was kind of interesting too because in Ahsoka's story, the last time she saw Anakin was when she left the Jedi Order. And then she sees him again as Darth Vader. And she thought Anakin was dead. But I don't think you guys are as caught up on the Clone Wars as me. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. really caught up on Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. I've seen some clips from it, so I know of that scene. Uh, but man, seeing like you said, seeing it in live action is just something completely different. Yeah. Now I, I just have the cliff notes of Rebels basically because I was kind of salty because after Disney bought Star Wars, they canceled the Clone Wars because it was prequel era and you know it was supposed to be shunned from polite society. But then when they realized people wanted it back, it got greenlit for season seven. But yeah, any uh, but yeah, any closing thoughts before we wrap up the podcast on the Kenobi series? Um, no, not really. I I think we summed it up pretty good. I, I you know, I was I was excited for every episode, and I liked the slow development. It was uh worth the wait. Yeah, I, I agree. I liked the slow development. I liked where they went. You know, of course, you know, if we're looking for a perfect show. It, you're going to be disappointed in pretty much everything because there is no real perfect show. Mandalorian yeah. is as close as we can get to that. Um, but what it was was a very solid show. Um, and it was great. And it, it gave me feelings and it hyped me up. And it, it was everything that you want to see from Star Wars, especially in that last episode. Yeah. Um, so if anything, what Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show um, succeeded wildly in is making me excited for what we have coming up. I can't wait for the Ahsoka series. I can't oh, wait yeah. for... Um, oh, God, the one with um, Andor. Sorry. Excuse oh, me. yeah. Uh, An- the Andor show does look cool. The Andor show. I can't wait for both of those. You know, I can't wait for Ahsoka. I can't wait for Andor. Yeah. I'm excited about where they're going with these shows because I touched on it a little bit in our first episode, but... I, I mean, the Star Wars shows seem to be where where we can place our faith as a fandom yeah. at this point. And I'm I'm really excited for Bad Batch because, like I said, like when I grew up, like you know, really being introduced to Star Wars, I grew up watching the prequels. I was still like less than ten years old by the time Revenge of the Sith came out. But when I was right. in middle school, the the animated Clone Wars came out. So you know, that's when like I think I really started getting attached to Star Wars even more. And that's why I was so happy that Clone Wars came back and Bad Batch is like its spiritual successor. So that's why I'm really looking forward to that show. And then obviously The Mandalorian. Oh my god, Jon Favreau, just everything he's done with it has been so brilliant. Like him and Dave Filoni really need to be in charge of a lot of stuff. Absolutely, as far as story and direction. Yeah, they they are incredible. A great duo. And do you know what really does it? The reason why they're so successful 
is I've enjoyed watching some of the background like documentaries about the making of these shows with Favreau and Filoni almost as much as the show themselves because you can tell that those two guys are Star Wars fans. Yeah. And they are locked in and they're passionate about it. And that's why the product that they put out is such high quality. It's because they care and they're fans and they're filmmakers yep. and they're storytellers. So that is the killer combination right there. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> Crap, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. So Dave Filoni, when he was making The Clone Wars, George Lucas had a lot of direct involvement. So he was kind of like George Lucas's protege at that time. Right. So that's also why I think uh, some of it has been as good as it was, too, with them, because we saw what the sequel movies kind of were and where Kathleen Kennedy was taking it. Like, we needed someone who had some of George's vision and story. I mean, say what you say, say what you'll say about the prequels. They still had a lot of great story building. They still did a convincing yeah. job of turning Anakin to the dark side. Yeah, some of the dialogue and pacing was choppy, but there's still plenty you can take away from those films. Yeah, and they and they succeeded in, in their mission of show, telling a believable, compelling, hurtful story about how Anakin, who is always described as a great Jedi, became such a villain. Um, and, and the prequel did a great job of doing that. Yeah, and then when you dig into the animated Clone Wars, they do it even more. Because, like, when he loses Ahsoka because of the council, oh my god. Yeah, it becomes a lot. But yeah, I think that's a... Well, we should probably wrap it up on the Star Wars talk. So, uh, Fatty, now that the Kenobi series is over, what should we talk about next? On next week's podcast. Fatty should watch The Scout and give us his opinion. Oh, okay. We could go with a baseball movie. That's the gonna scout. be so. I watched Moneyball the other day. Seven views. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we could talk about Moneyball then. Yeah. No, no. I was like, the oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about baseball movies now. Are we just gonna slowly get more and Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Amazon. You know wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is Two Average Brothers. Thank you again, Fatty, for coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys next week back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and uh, let me know whenever you need to talk Star Wars again. Yeah, dude, anytime. All right, have a good one.